Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of the Ahmed Khan podcast. Hope all of you are enjoying these sessions and hopefully these are a benefit to all of us, inshallah. Today we have again Brother Ayad joining us again for another great discussion. What's going on, bro? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahmed, what are you saying, bro? A little early morning vibe today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wake up, man. Alhamdulillah, bro. As well. How you doing, bro? Alhamdulillah, man. I mean, 8 a.m. not really early, but so this is it's really a bit late. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Anything, this is this like time. an afternoon. Hey, wallah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, alhamdulillah, it's always a good uh, session with you. Um, you know, there's this week I've just been thinking about this ayat of the Quran, which has really blown my mind. Um. And it's an ayat which I've never come across. Uh, it's an ayat which I've memorized and I've recited many times. But, you know, after I read it, I did a very deep analysis looking at all the commentaries on it. And it's just been blowing my mind, subhanAllah. And I think it's very relevant <coughs> to our times. And um, all of us should uh, really contemplate on what this means and really change, you know, an aspect of our life, which is so crucial, which is, in fact, responsible for a lot of the things that are happening in our life. Um, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Wayadul insanu bisharri dua'ahu bil khair, wakanil insanu ajula. Think about this deeply, bro, very deeply. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Mankind, or it can be man or woman or whatever, but the ayat says, Man prays for evil just as man prays for good, and indeed, man is hasty. And if you look at the commentaries on it, it's very interesting. It says that uh, overall, it says that people make dua for things which are bad for them. And because they make things which make dua for things which are bad for them and Allah accepts it, bad things start happening in their life because of it. Because when they make their dua, when they make their dua of anything that they want, they don't say, Allah, grant me this if it is good for me. Or rather, they say, oh, Allah, please grant me this. Sure. And so what happens in the commentary is they say that people make dua for things such as, um, like for, for our instance today, people would make dua, oh, Allah, you know, let me marry this person. And they don't end sure. it by saying, they don't end it by saying, oh, Allah, you know, if this person is good for me in this world, for good for my religion, for, for the afterlife, they don't say that. But because they say that, and that person's bad for them, and then Allah accepts their dua, you're praying for your own evil. And it's like, it, so takes, us, it takes us back to that, the English idiom, which is be careful what you wish for. And I've, I've become so much more cognizant now of the things that I make dua for because you don't know what is good for you and what is bad for you. And there's a famous story of a man who was very poor, but he used to pray all of his salahs at the masjid. He was a very pious person, very righteous, but he wasn't the wealthiest. And so he used to pray to Allah asking for wealth so that he could take care of his family, even though he already was, but he wanted more. And what happened is Allah accepted his dua and now he had all of this wealth. But what came with that wealth is busyness. And so now as he had more appointments, as he had more meetings, less salahs were prayed at the masjid. And the next thing you know, he wasn't at the masjid at all. 
And then later he realized that that wealth was actually a test for him because it took him away from his Iman. And so wealth is one of the things that we often pray for, but we, we have to ask ourselves, are we praying that this wealth is good for us and that we'll actually do good with it? Because, you know, you know there, there's a beautiful saying, the Christians mention it of Isa alayhi salam that um, uh, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to get to heaven. <laughs> um, so, but wealth is something which could be a major test for us. It could be something that we pray for, which is evil for us. Um, I think marriage is probably perhaps the, the biggest one where people yeah. are always praying that, oh, Allah, grant me this person for marriage. Mm -hmm. And they don't end up uh, you know, asking Allah only if that person is for khair with them. And I have this one brother of mine, dear brother, who I love to death. Um, but, you know, I was once speaking to him and he said, you know, I make dua that Allah, you know, really grants me her. I really want to marry her. And I said, add to your dua that if she's good for you, you know, if she's good for your deen, if she's good for your life, you know, and he responded. Right. And I love the brother, but he responded and he said, you know, you know, OK, I'll make dua that Allah will make her good for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's argument <laughs> I was like take man. a step further hey, I was man, like good for your kun Allah says be and becomes why can't he make it happen <laughs> I was like I don't think that's how it works bro um, oh, man. but you, you always have to be open to many of these uh, things and ultimately realize that you know you might be praying for your own downfall and not others wow the way you put <laughs> it like if you put it like that man subhanallah Wow, dude, think about it, like, um, going back, uh, what you said about, uh, oh my God, what was it? You were just, what were you just talking about? Praying for one's downfall and how people, you know, in terms of marriage, in terms of wealth, in terms of even school, right? So many people yeah. are bent on that I need to get into the best school. And Dogs. who knows if it's, they'll say, oh, you know, grant me acceptance into the school, not knowing that there are better options out there for them. And that school ultimately might take you away from Iman. That's it. That, that's the thing, like, um, going back uh, the story about that man, right? Talking about Khair, like, you know, you you honestly, you don't, first of all, like, when you when you ask, when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like, for, you, you make God to him, you ask for something, right? And you ask, you ask it the way you're supposed to, like, you just explain, like, if it's good for me, if it's in my Khair, right? Gratitude for me. At that point, you, 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 you see everything that enters your life, and you have this kind of, like, how do I explain this? You have this uh, this contentment, also this this acceptance that, like, you know, whatever comes, it's, like, by the will of Allah. And you're more, you're okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're not so, you're not so, um, like, captivated by the fact, like, you know, oh, my God, it didn't happen. It didn't work. You, you step back, you're like, okay, Allah said this was better for me. So, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget that. I was trying to say is like, even bro, I, I'm pretty sure you and I could both relate very, very well to this. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We've both been a victim of uh, such such things. And uh, I think that connects well with uh, the ayah in the Quran where Allah speaks on um, how Allah says, you maybe love something and it's bad for you. And you maybe hate something and it's good for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know what you know not. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Allah has that wisdom that we don't know. Like, you know. And that's also like kind of another thing about just living in uncertainty because I feel like uncertainty is just something that helps you build your love and 
trust in Allah unlike no other, just knowing that. Because, uh, you know, subhanAllah, even yesterday's khutbah that I was listening to, Jama'ah was just about, like, trusting Allah and just knowing that your risk is already written. Everything is written. Like, mm -hmm. you know, tire camel, do what you got to do, go out of there and get your bag. But at the same time, just remember that your spouse is written. You know what I'm saying? Your your money that you're supposed to attain is written. No matter what happens, like, you know, it's it's going to be there. And you can't get more than it. You can't get less than it. It's It's a set amount. And I think, like, going back to the story of that man, this is what I wanted to say. Um, a lot of people don't understand that abundance is law is is way is way more of a scarier test than scarcity. Mm -hmm. Right? When you have so much, like at that point, you're held accountable for everything. You know what I'm saying? That you have, like, you everything's being counted. Everything, everything's being looked at, and you know, um, Subhanallah. Like, even if you look at, if you look at the time of the Prophet Sallallahu who were the first people to to really accept Islam? It wasn't the rich people. It wasn't those kings. It wasn't those honorable people. You know, it was the it was the poor people, the homeless. You know, like people who didn't have as much, because those people understood. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, like, if you even think about it, like, because we don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, again, it goes back to the wisdom of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes if we were homeless, that would take away from Iman more than it would take away from our Iman if we were actually rich. You know, and Allah actually knows that and we don't. You know, subhanAllah, mm -hmm. like, there's people out here that, that have been given so much wealth. Even with that wealth, people won't people see that like they don't realize how wealthy you are because you know you first of all you humble yourself second of all like everything that you earn you're spending it in the right way you know what i'm saying for the mm -hmm. sake of allah subhanahu wa right mm -hmm. again like it's just it's just a thing that it's only allah knows only allah knows and we don't and as long as we pray for khair you know we'll be fine we'll be fine exactly and again, you know, it, it goes back to this basic principle of be careful what you wish for. Um, and what's interesting also in the commentaries they mention is that um, they mentioned the hadith that says, um, do not pray against yourselves or your wealth, for that might coincide with the time that Allah accepts prayers. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, people get angry and they'll say things just out of their anger. They'll say, you know, mm. go die. Um, you know, you know, may your business be screwed. Um, and all these harmful things. Some people say this to their children. Some people say this to their parents, to their friends, you know, to their business partners. And you don't know if that's the time, you know, if that, that saying coincides with the time that Allah accepts du'as. And now that harm is being mm. inflicted upon them. And so just die, it says, just as, you know, just as you pray for good, you also pray for evil. And what's, what's very interesting is that the ayat begins and says, um, you know, uh, man prays for evil just as he does for good. And when you kind of put the first part in front of the second, the first part is given the emphasis. Hmm. The emphasis is not that man prays for good and then also, you know, he, he prays for his evil. It's no, man prays for evil. Evil. Just Shar. like he does with good. Sure. Right. And then it Shar. ends, it says man is indeed hasty. Right, they're always in a state of impatience, and in the commentaries they say that 
some that that the nature of humans is that um, if they see a little bit of gratification, a little bit of, of pleasure, they'll run towards it and, and grab it, not knowing right. that if they just wait and they delay it, then they will um, uh, then the gratification will be more. And just very interestingly, because since we're on the topic, um, there's this book. Um, I forgot the name of it, something culture. It's a very famous book. And the author looks at the most successful minorities in the United States. And one of the minorities that he looks at is the Pakistani community. And he says, one of the reasons why the Pakistani community was very successful compared to other minorities is because they delayed gratification. It's because they told themselves that we will study for many years We'll go to medical school, we'll go to law school, we'll go to engineering, we'll delay that little bit of gratification, just so at the ending, we'll have a lot. And ultimately, that's, that's, that, that's the philosophy behind, um, you know, how we should live our lives with Jannah, right? We delay our gratification in this world, right? You delay it knowing that there is, there is a remarkable reward afterwards. And if you want, you can make that exchange. By all means, you can trade the hereafter for this world and, you know, engage with all of the pleasures here, but that's nothing compared to what's in the next world. Mm -hmm. That's a place where all your prayers are accepted. All of them. Evil does not exist. And so delaying gratification is one of the keys for success. And I think it's something that all of us really should really ponder upon. You know, when you make dua for something and it doesn't get accepted in the way you think it does, you get heartbroken. But you don't understand that there's something better for you out there, but you just need to delay that gratification and just really don't force things, right? There are things, you know, you're really trying to force, just let them organically emerge, let them organically emerge, whether it's in, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in school and exams and trying, you know, exam seasons, trying to uh, pile upon us, just be grateful and just be careful with all of the things that we wish for and be more cognizant of everything that you wish for and try to end the dua is always saying that if it is for khair for me, then allow it to be accepted. If there's good in it, if I will actually benefit from it and just having an open mind that whatever is presented in front of me right now may not be what's best for me. Yeah, and it's something, it's hard to accept. Like obviously 100%, like I'm a victim of it too, right? It's, so it's not because we're what's the term what's the term i heard it was uh like we want to see it we want to see it right in front of our eyes right we want the physical evidence like okay what we worked for is right there and one thing like i heard from muhammad Hablas, my guy <laughs> he was talking about he's talking about just like how our muslim nowadays is just like we've we've ruined akhira and what he meant by that he says he says when you when you destroy something becomes unappealing but when you build something right you start building it it's like wow like now you're really attracted to it like you keep it keeps getting better and better and that the thing what we've done as as an ummah is just like well we ended up destroying our akhirah we started building our dunya right Mm -hmm. and when that happens we're ultimately like we're making the dunya more alluring right and we're attracted more to the dunya than we're than we are to our akhirah, right? Mm. And when that happens, it's just bro, you lose yourself. You honestly lose yourself. You get caught up in unnecessary things. 
And then you start to question, oh, why am I sad? Why am I depressed? Why am I not accepting anything that's happening? Um, like, why don't I have sabr anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You know, subhanAllah, like, sabr is a huge topic, of course, and anyone who speaks on it, like, can spend hours, days, months, years, whatever, man. Like, that is huge. Like, every prophet had to endure being patient. Now, the thing with, the thing with patience, subhanAllah, that's been, like, recently going through my head, it's just like little things, very little things, right? I like, for example, say I'm driving and I have a I have an open lane on the right, but that lane's only for buses. And then I'm stuck in this lane and there's probably two cars in front of me. I can easily go onto the right lane where I'm not allowed to go, pass up on these two cars and just like keep going, you know what I'm saying? But like either way, I'm like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like, really like, I'm like, okay, wait. If I take both lanes, I'm still going to get to the same area, the same spot, roughly, roughly around the same time. If I just, if I, there'll be maybe a 20 second difference, maybe a 30 second difference, right? And these little things that I'm looking, I'm like, if I can't make subwood in a situation like this, how am I going to make subwood in a situation? situation where like i really need to endure it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. where something bigger has happened and i need to like really put my toe in allah all mm-hmm. right these little things these little things that are like you know it's just as human beings bro it's just it's crazy we just we can't sit still exactly. we just need it right away we want it right away like we're, we're trying to chase it as much as we can mm-hmm. all right and if you have the right intent and if if you're really doing it peace for the sake of allah you know what i'm saying Allah will make it easy for you. Allah will find a way for you to, you know, to deal with the situation or go through with it. It's just, first of all, we always have to make sure that we're putting, we're putting our trust and we're putting our attention where it should be at first, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's something we, yeah, go on. Yeah, and it just exactly ties back to um, uh, what we were talking about, about delaying gratification. Um, for example, you know, there's this perception in many university students' minds that I'm going to do this bachelor degree and then everything will be fine. I'm going to get this nice job and everything. But deep inside their mind, they know, they know that if they, if they delay that gratification, if they do another degree on top of it, whether it may be a pharmacy school, a law school, medical school, or whatever, just they put in a couple extra years it will profoundly change the entirety of their future. And it'll put them in a much better state economically, um, uh, a better state in which they can provide for their family. And not only providing for their family, but intellectually as well. Um, and so this idea of delaying gratification is extremely important. Um, and and for, for myself as well, I mean, I've completed one degree. Um, I've completed maybe one out of, you know, four degrees uh, that I hope to complete, inshallah. But there has to be a delayed gratification to push it off and just keep knowing that if I, you know, if ultimately, you know, I keep pushing this off, it'll pay off. And my teacher uh, was telling me the other day that, you know, as you accumulate more knowledge, as you accumulate more, uh, more experience, the more you accumulate, the more people will honor you. But in the beginning phase, you're not really going to get honored that much because you don't. You only spent a couple years. Any but like a bachelor's degree is very basic. 
people ask me all the time, you did your bachelor's degree in history. You're basically a historian. I'm like, no, like I just got the foundations. It would be very mm-hmm. ignorant and uh, arrogant of me to claim that. Yet people out yeah. there claim, you know, if they have a bachelor's, they know everything on the topic, right? Mm-hmm. But delaying that gratification is a Quranic principle. Uh, it's a principle which we find in the Sirah. Um, and, you know, I think, about, I think about this often when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam performs Hijrah, performs Hijrah and now ends up in uh, Medina, the Prophet Sallallahu could have just, uh, you know, especially it could have just established his state there. But the Prophet always wanted to go back to Mecca. Always wanted yeah. to go to Mecca. So delaying that gratification because that's ultimately what my goal is. Mm, and not compromising wow. on your goal. You know, all of us, we have dreams of the things that we want to do. And once we get mm-hmm. halfway there, we quit. But yeah. we have to keep pushing. That, that's a principle from the sirah. If you want to, if you want to follow a sunnah, one of the sunnahs is, you know, accomplishing your goals. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, one thing, one thing, like, a lot of people, like you, you said, a word that you used was, uh, uh, like, just being, just, when you, you meet that, you meet that, like, you kind of, you're going, or you're going up, and you kind of, you reach that point of satisfaction, hmm. right? And then at that point, you're like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm good. No, I got this. It's fine now. Right. And an analogy, one of my friends, he always refers to is the, the analogy that he heard of uh, the tightrope. Basically, it's so when you're walking on a tightrope, right, you have a you have a beam that you have to hold in your arms. So like a long rod, it, it helps your balance. So as you walk across the tightrope, the beam goes back and forth, you know, helps you helps you balance as you're walking across. It keeps you steady. Now, if you were to completely stop moving that beam and you find a place where like you feel like you're steady and you're like, okay, I can do this now. Like I don't need to move the beam. You start walking. Next thing you realize you're, you're already falling off. Mm -hmm. Right. That goes hand in hand with that satisfaction. And, and again, I also want to say satisfaction in a lot of different aspects. Mm-hmm. And this includes Iman. You can't think that you can't think that you're gonna end up at one area uh, with your Iman and be like, okay, I'm satisfied. Khalas, next thing you know, you're falling off, mm-hmm. falling off so much harder and so much faster than you thought. Because on that beam, you think you you can you can balance yourself when you when you stop moving it. But then, bro, like it's just bro, it's an up and down battle, bro. It's always going up and down. It's always fluctuating. And the minute you stop trying, that's when everything goes to like, you know, goes to waste mm-hmm. because as human beings, we should always remember. So always remember that we won't and like, we won't ever be able to fully accomplish everything that we want to in the yeah. given time that we have. It's, it's impossible. 100%. It's impossible. Right. If you truly have like real goals that you want to set out, that you want to get done, like bro, knowledge is a never ever like it never ends it's a never-ending stream it keeps coming our way and again i'm pretty sure we spoke of on this like in one of the other two podcasts that you and i done but like when it comes because that's just that's there again just to show you how great allah is Mm -hmm. that allah is the only one that knows everything he's all wise he's all knowing he's the only one capable of knowing everything and we as human beings are just reminded that we can try and we're supposed to try and that's what should keep us 
keep us going because we it, just like we we won't we won't first of all we won't know unless we try right mm-hmm. but then again like we also know that like our goals have to be up there and sometimes you just won't reach it in the timeline that you're given but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you stop trying right because you just exactly. don't know exactly and again it's a beautiful point you mentioned if we you know if once we reach that level of sat- satisfaction we usually tell ourselves we're fine here but i think you know it, it ultimately goes down to the lesson from the alchemist again one of the most beautiful books i've read in my life um and the the, the lesson at the end of that book if you have not read it i highly recommend you read the alchemist it's a beautiful story um and I'm very tempted right now. Ah, 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 ah my man, <laughs> my guy. Sister, right here. Hey, come on. Uh, well, who's it by? It's by Paulo Coelho. But yeah. Uh, but I, I well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil the ending. Um, I know people are gonna read it. It's a beautiful ending. But um, just delaying gratification. Um, you know, whatever objective or whatever goal and dream you have right now. This is the pristine opportunity. The 20s are an amazing time to work hard and to fulfill it. Um, but as you get older, as, as you begin to settle down into a comfortable job, as you get married, there's always a level of regret. Knowing that had I used my other time properly, I would have been in a much better position. Because there is, a, especially this decade between 20 to 30 is a very remarkable time filled with, you know, one can accomplish many things during this time. But, you know, if you really want to go to law school, like if law school is really something on your mind, but, you know, you're saying, I don't know, have the finances for it. I don't know if I can, you know, make the effort for it. The finances will come, right? Allah says in the Quran, and Allah will provide for them means, money, wealth, in which they never thought they would achieve possible, Right? The, precondi- the prerequisite is to have taqwa, but money will come. Money is not an issue if one wants to go to the, these prestigious schools. Um, time, one has all the time in the world. You know, and that's why I have a big problem with somebody, people who say they're busy. Because when people say they're busy, they're lying. What they're actually saying is uh, what you're telling them to do is not on their list of priorities. Because right. if they really prioritize it, it would fall on that list. And it would really be up there. So if somebody says... You know, I don't have the time to call this person to check up on them. You know, I'm just so busy with things. It's like, no, you're not. If your new favorite TV show comes up, this new, if this NBA game comes on, you're going to make time for it, right? You're going to prioritize things. It's all a matter of priority. You know, you, you have all the time in the world and it's just a matter of trying to figure out what the best method is. And I quickly just want to say something. I don't think, well, for me, it was like this, but. I say like people don't really realize how much time they don't have until they start doing what they need to and have to do. Do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As soon as they realize that like, okay, I need to get this done and I want to do this and I want to start reaching my goals. So let's actually start putting the work into trying to get there. Once they start doing that, that's when they realize how much time they actually don't have. It mm-hmm. took me, bro, like subhanAllah, my first two years of university, like I was doing that. Like, you know, I was like, hey man i got all the time in the world like i got these goals i want to accomplish yeah blah blah this and that but like no i'm fine like i i'll I'll, like i'll bust it out like later on like i'll be fine like you know alhamdulillah like gave me that like realization before it was too far gone but like now i'm like i'm saying i'm like 
okay, now I'm actually chasing my goals the way I really want to and the way I'm supposed to be. And that's when I realized, wow, bro, like, I don't even have enough time to do this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that pushes me even more, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Like, and yeah, like if anybody, like for all of those who are listening, just don't, if you have that attitude of when things get tough or if something goes wrong and doesn't go the way you want it to, like you give up, like don't, man. Because you, Allah, you never know. You never know. Like as long as you're pushing and like you got, you got trust in Allah, Allah will always help you find a way for khair, right? Mm-hmm. For khair. As long as you're trusting in Allah and what he's doing, as long as you're praising Allah, just know that everything that's coming down your avenue is is mm-hmm. is going to take you towards Jannah, inshallah. Because that's our ultimate goal. Ultimately, that's everywhere. Everyone should have that in their head as their, their number one priority, mm-hmm. right? But you won't understand. You won't understand how important time is and how valuable time is until you really start like putting it down be like yo i need to get this done this done this done and then you realize like oh my god wow mm-hmm. do i really even have the time you know what i'm saying and you do yeah. you do like you know the other day i was i was like there's this new book that came out which i i spent months waiting for like literally mm-hmm. for months i was just waiting for the day the book would come out and the book came out and i was like yo i don't have the time to read this mm-hmm. like i'm already reading you know you know, for school, I already got like hundreds of pages of readings. And then I just said, okay, I found the solution. Get the audio book. And while you work out, while you go on a walk, while you go on a jog, listen to mm-hmm. it. And I started this uh, one week ago and I'm almost done the book. Um, and so not only am I working out with taking care of my body, but I'm also at the same time taking care of my mind and learning yeah learning learning things so there's always the, the ability to multitask is a very inc- important ability if people can learn how to do it and multitasking can be done um mm-hmm. and i've seen it with some of my teachers i've seen it with you know some of our some of the people who you know like like, like some of these heads of states i just wonder how some of like like there's recently there was this interview with um sheikh hamza and imran khan sheikh hamza said to him you know I'm having trouble, you know, running my college. Like there's so many different things I have to do. I get headaches and stuff from it. You know, I lose sleep from it. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, I don't know how you run an entire country. <laughs> <laughs> You're focusing on the entire country's curriculum, their education, their economics, mm. the problems going on. You have your own problems in your own life, right? And he's responded and he's just like, you know, it's just a matter of prioritizing things, right? And mm-hmm. so if there are human beings out there who are able to prioritize and multitask that many things. And so can mm-hmm. we as well. Um, you know, I really don't buy this notion that um, I'm too busy to call my parents. I, I, I don't believe it at all. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, your parents are, you know, one of your largest priorities. Um, after your religion, um, I'd probably put that over your schools as well. Um, 100%, 100%. That's, that's just personally how I am. And it's, you know, especially when people like move out and stuff out of home, they just completely forget their families, not knowing that, you know, the family is the reason for their rise. And who are you at the end of the day without your parents? And mm-hmm. in the Quran, it's very interesting. In the Quran, whenever Allah talks about, um, you know, being grateful to your parents, it's always tied to being grateful to Allah because there's a correlation mm-hmm. between the two. You can't be grateful to Allah by being mm-hmm. ungrateful to your parents, right? And this is, if you, if you look at our society today, if you look at the movies and the TV shows that are being produced, they always portray parents as, 
inferior, um, insignificant, um, as you know, ignorant, and all these TV shows. And there, there's a reason behind it. There's a whole propaganda campaign trying to attack the structure of the family. And there's this recently, this academic came out and she said, there's, there's no hierarchy in a family at all. The child is just as high in that hierarchy than the parent is. Mm, that's messed up. That's and, so messed up. And, you know, Confucius, you know, the great Chinese uh, philosopher, and uh, many would argue, you know, it's a very strong argument that Confucius was actually a prophet that Allah sent to the earth. Um, mm -hmm. and we're going to do a podcast on this uh, later, inshallah, with Dr. Ali, um, in, uh, in, in hopefully in December. But Con the, Confucius said the basic principle of a society is the relationship between the father and the son. And if the relationship between the father and son collapses, it's an indication that the entire society is going to collapse. Wow. So again, being careful what you wish for. And when it, if, we're, if we're tying this back to dua, um, you know, again, people don't realize how often our parents make dua for us. Allah. I was talking to my mom the other day and she said, you don't know like how many times I'm making dua for you. Um, and then I had to ask myself the question, how many times are you making dua for her or your yeah. father, or your siblings, yeah. or your grandmother, all these people who are making dua for you, and you think, and you become arrogant, and you tell yourself, look at all the success that has come because of me. Allahu Akbar. It hasn't wow. come because of you. There are hundreds of people out there who are the reason behind your success. Ultimately, yeah. Allah first. But there are all these other people who are working to make sure that you're successful, right? You're at mm -hmm. a university, you know, at the university as well. Um, there's so much hatred against the administration. So students absolutely hate, you know, the people in university and not knowing that people in the university are responsible for your education, right? They're looking out for you and then they're spending their entire life. Really, they're spending their whole life just trying to ensure that, you know, your degree works, that your degree is accredited and trying to make sure you have the best professors. And so yeah. when it comes to, you know, again, being careful with what we wish for, um, we need to be more cognizant of the things that we pray for. Um, you know, the things that are evil, you can try to figure out the things that are evil and not pray for them, but also pray for those people who have done well for us. Those people who have changed our lives, those people who continue to be role models for us. That's what it really means to be a, you know, a, a proper Muslim. And that's what it means for praying for good, just as we pray for evil. And if we don't, then we fall into what the ayat says that man indeed is hasty. Yeah, let me ask you, man, like, for those watching who are confused on how to go about it, what, what would you say is like the way to actually pray and make dua the right way to asking Allah for khair? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, what, do you, what do you think, in your opinion, is the best way to, to run, around, run about that? Or how would you usually make your dua? Well, you know, I think our, our teacher was telling us this week that, that, probably the best dua that somebody can make in their life is Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina meaning oh Allah grant us the best in this world and what is the best in the next world and protect us from the fire and I think I think that is like a key principle we should we should start with is that only the things that are best, that are good for us, are things we should make dua for. So, for example, if somebody was making dua, um, you know, the Arabic ayats in the Quran are, are beautiful. 
and uh, perhaps I think we'll we'll create we'll create a list, inshallah, um, like a PDF, and people can uh, go through it and memorize the du'as. Mm. But when you're making that du'a in English, you know, number one thing is you know, let it come from your heart. Like, mm. don't let. Sometimes you make du'a and it's like a very robotic thing. Oh, Allah, yeah. give me this. Oh, Allah, give me this. But turn that du'a into a dialogue with Allah. Mm. Right. Ask Allah deeply. Like, oh Allah, you know, life has been difficult as of late. Um, you know, there's this problem that I'm really dealing with. School is being, being very difficult for me. Oh Allah, grant me success in these exams. Grant me success in these exams. Um, if it is for khair for me, if there's good in it. You know, oh Allah, my, my parents are going through financial hardship. Um, oh Allah, make it easy on us. Ya Allah. If it's good for us that we increase in our wealth, Allah allow it to come to us. But if it's bad yeah. for us, then Allah push it away. All the things, Allah, that are evil for us, keep us away from it. Oh, Allah, all of the things that are good for us, uh, allow us to reach it, Ya Allah. Um, and the other thing also, which is very important in dua, is learning the names of Allah and calling upon well, Allah. You know, that's crazy. Names. That's crazy you just say that. Because that's exactly what's going through my mind, subhanAllah. Right. SubhanAllah, bro. Because like, yeah, go on, bro. Talk about it's it, man. You know, if you study the names of Allah, Allah is, you know, Allah is the name that's typically associated, that's in the Quran. It's the one that most of our scholars think is is the greatest of Allah's names. But if you look at the other it names is, of Allah, definitely is. right? Uh, we can't say anything definitively. Um, but um, like, for example, Ya Rahman, O most merciful, descend your mercy upon me, right? Ya Al Wadud, the all loving. Descend your love upon me. Ya Al-Hakim, O the most wise, send down your wisdom upon me. Ya An-Nur, Ya O Light, like the, the one who gives light, descend your light yeah. upon me. Right? Ask, yeah. ask, ask for these, these qualities because our goal is to really embody the names of Allah in, in a way that humans can embody them. So we can't be yeah. the most merciful, but we can be merciful. Right? We can't be the most loving, but we can be loving. Right? We can't be the most wise, but we can be wise. Right? So, dua is, is an art. It's something that the more we practice it, and really, you don't need to be at, you don't need to be a scholar to have your dua accepted. You, no, don't no, no. A, you don't need to be a pious, pious person for your dua to be accepted. The dua is accepted for everybody. And that's one of the beauties yeah. that Islam has that um, unfortunately other religions don't is um, there is no middleman I, we don't need to go to a priest mm. to get to God right yeah. I don't need to go through an idol to get to God I go straight to God and um, yeah. Allama Iqbal has a beautiful line in his poetry where he says that he says that when you make your dua it descends all the way through the clouds and through the earth and the angels see your dua mm. and they say what was that that just passed and it pierces wow. through the heavens and it gets to the gates of Jannah and the angel opened the door for your dua and it goes straight through there. It goes past the seven heavens and he explains what it's seen, mm. right? And, the, and like the prophets look and they say, what is that that just passed us? And it, ultimately it goes right to Allah. Wow. Right? And it goes back to that Quranic ayah. When my servant calls upon me, tell him that I'm near. I respond to the caller whenever he calls, right? And that dua, again, that dua might be the reason for our downfall 
or it might be the reason for our success. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you don't know how to use dua properly, it's leading to your downfall. And it's the reason why you're in your state. And don't blame Allah. Don't, don't, don't blame yeah. Allah for don't blame Allah for accepting your dua. <laughs> you asked yeah. for it, you begged for it, and you got it. And now you're not satisfied. Why? Because you didn't ask Allah to give it to you on the condition that it's good for you. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people, um, when it comes to da'a, it's like very underestimated because first of all, when you make da'a, you're supposed to have full conviction that Allah will accept it, right? And again, going back to what we've been saying, just as long as you add, like make sure you ask for the da'a and like be like, if it's if it's in my khair, you'll make it happen, ya Allah. Thing is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like Allah is shy. Right? When it comes to a servant raising their hands to him and making dua, Allah sees that and Allah's like, Okay, I can't let him put his hands down without at least putting something in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, right? you know, you know what our teacher told us, bro? This blew my mind. Mm-hmm. He said that when you make dua, you know, show me the position of your hands. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we said we 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 said this. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, that's what the beggar does when he when he asks. Mm-hmm. He's like when the person when the when the person when the beggar is asking for things, he sticks his hand out like this so you would place it. And so when you make yeah. when you make your dua raising your hands, you're you're asking for Allah to drop the blessings into the hand because you're the beggar at the end of the day. Yeah. You're the beggar. We have to be a slave. You know, subhanAllah, I was learning about um the name Al Ilah, one of Allah's names, Al Ilah. Um and um, the brother was he was talking about um, how Ibn Abbas was like described this specific name of Allah right? and we all know that okay for those of you who don't know like Ibn Abbas was a sahabu back in the day where the Prophet Sallallahu made dua to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala about this specific sahabu he said Ya Allah give him the ability to interpret you know interpret the Quran and whatnot." Give him that knowledge. And of course, dua the Prophet Sallallahu is always oh, accepted. So subhanAllah. So when so Ibn Abbas was um, like, you know, talking about this name, Ali La, he said there's two things about this name that we should know, right? And um, if I'm not mistaken, the two words, the Arabic words that were given was that Allah has ulhiya over everyone. And uludia, uh, right? And ulhiya meaning that, first of all, Allah deserves to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. That's the first part. Allah deserves to be worshipped because it's just how great Allah is. Allah just deserves to be worshipped. And the second part, the second part, uludia, Allah is saying, right, that uh, or Ibn Abbas, or Ibn Abbas saying is that we we have to we're like we're slaves to Allah we mm-hmm. have to be slaves to Allah subhanallah mm-hmm. right and it goes back to like you talking about making dua and begging because ultimately when you when you encompass that but when you really because now like I have a different perspective about like when I pray it's like for some reason the more and more like the way I see it is like if you want to love someone you got to know who they are 
Hmm. You got to understand who they are, right? Mm -hmm. So the more and more you learn about Deen, the more and more you learn about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. By His will, you start to you try to start to love Him more. And one thing that came into my heart after listening to just a, just a word about Alila, I like. I started viewing Allah in a light where like, it's like, I just know he's taking care of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like, like as long as I'm being a slave to him and I'm, and I'm always in that, in that realization that Allah deserves to be worshipped, right? Even if he didn't give me a single thing, he deserves to be worshipped solely on the basis of what? That Allah is just, Allah is great. Just because of how great Allah is, Allah uh -huh. deserves to be worshipped no matter what. You know what I'm saying? And even if he didn't give me anything, even uh -huh. if he didn't give me anything. So just like being, it just, it, it, like I started seeing Allah in this light that like Allah is taking care of me. But at the same time, like, like I'm worshipping him. I'm being a slave to him. You know, I'm, I'm begging him. I'm giving, I'm showing Allah that like, Allah, like, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, you're the greatest. With that feeling, like I get I, for some reason, like inside me, I'm like, Allah's also like, like He's also my friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When you really feel that and you really understand, like, Allah is all you need, you you begin to like, you begin to be like, okay, you just like when things happen, you're like, okay, it just happened. What? Like I still have Allah. I don't need mm -hmm. it. Like I don't need this. I don't need that. I have Allah. Right. Uh -huh. And so I'll listen to this, bro. There was there was this, like within that specific topic of Alina, there was a story that the brother mentioned. He said, um, I can't remember what like time period this was, but there was basically a ruler and he wow, this 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 ruler had so much land. And I believe he ruled um, territory between like from Spain all the way to like China. Mm -hmm. something like that so you can imagine how much land that is so there was once right um a scholar that came to this this uh ruler and he found a lot of this all he had was a cup of water he had a cup of water with him it's like a very tiny cup of water so he puts the cup of water down in front of the man and he's like i have a question for you he's like okay go ahead he's like if this cup of water right in front of you right now was the last bit of water ever to exist on this planet Earth, what would you give up for it? And then subhanAllah, as we all may, may think, he said, I'd give up my whole land, all of it, right? He's like, I'll give up my land. Scholar's like, okay, okay. So go on, drink the water now. So he drinks the water. Then he asks him, right? He says, what would you give up, right? And no, he says, let me rephrase this again. He says, now the water is inside you. You drank it, but you can't urinate. What would you give up in order to urinate? And again, he says, I'd give up my whole land. And we wake up every day and forget the fact that Allah is blessing us with that ability to drink water, to mm -hmm. go to the washroom. Mm -hmm. So much so to the point now, that when you look at that story, that land, that land that he has so much of it, so much of it, right? He is, 
he's taken the value of the land and put it like to the worst of the worst now. Yeah. It's literally, it's, it doesn't even have any more value than his ability to urinate. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that ability to urinate has more value to him than him and what he owns. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he knows, he knows. If he, if he wasn't to urinate, what would happen? He would, he would die. You know what I'm saying? Not being able to get rid of that from your body. Like things will happen over time. Halas, you're gone. And we wake up every day and we forget that Allah is giving this to us for free. And that's how great Allah is. When you really start to picture it that way, how great is Allah and everything. Again, bro, going off of like our last podcast, like you and I were on like two weeks ago, gratefulness, you know, gratitude. That kind of just ties into it, you know? And you know, it's it's it's, it's the, the analogy that I would give is: imagine you have your one boy, you know, your guy, you know, he's always there for you during tough times, and anytime you you ask him for a favor, he comes and he's there to help you. Mm-hmm. In your mind, you're like, this is my guy; he's reliable. From you know, if I'm if I'm ever in difficult moments, I'm gonna call upon him. But what if you? What if there was? What if every time you were in a hardship, without even asking, that person was there for you, and that person kept giving you gifts? They kept sustaining you, even even though you didn't even ask. Mm-hmm. And that's who Allah is. You don't even have to ask for Allah to give you blessings. Right now, we're having this discussion. We're not making any dua, but yet Allah is giving us oxygen. Allah is mm-hmm. keeping our heart beating. I mean, think about it. There are 8 billion people on this planet today. Simultaneously, Allah is making all of their hearts beat at the same time. Allah is allowing oxygen to enter a person's body. Allah is diverting harm that's supposed to come to them. Allah is sustaining them all at the same time. And then you realize that that's just one of the 100 of the mercy that Allah contains. That's it. And so ultimately everything comes down to gratitude. And there are certain, uh, there are certain groups that um, like there are certain, um, groups their whole philosophy on islam is just to focus on gra- gratefulness and just trying to really inculcate that in people because gratefulness is tied to everything that we do in our life um, and it, it's related to our dua as well too for grateful for some of the things that we have it'll divert us from the other harms that try to come to us and ultimately again everything goes back to this basic principle just as man prays for evil he prays for good <laughs> and it's such a beautiful the way it's worded is just so beautiful man prays for evil just as he prays for good and now it's a matter of us taking ourselves the, ma- the message has reached all of us now everyone who's listening to this mm-hmm. including ourselves the message has been reached to us that the nature of yeah. humans is that humans will pray for their evil just as they do for good and this evil yeah. that we are praying for is resp- is largely responsible for the evil that's in our life right now. And so how do we divert it? How do we change our du'as? Is to become more cognizant. Is to ask Allah whenever we make du'a, Allah, if this is khair for me, then allow it to reach me. And if it's not, keep it away from me. And this is a very hard du'a for people to make. If you have true conviction and love for Allah, you will be able to make this du'a without any hesitation. You would have no hesitation at all. And what the du'a is, is Allah... If it is bad for me to stay in this world, then Allah take my soul. Allahu Akbar. Wow. 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 
if you if you really know if you really have that trust knowing that you know Allah if for a fact it's it's bad for me to be in this world and my iman will only increase and I'll be in a bad state and take my soul away from me once you've reached that level you've reached that level where the the hubba dunya the love of dunya is not in your heart anymore and the hubba Allah the love of Allah is what you're really after but you know it's crazy just hearing you say that a part of me was hesitant to make that dua yeah, like just thinking about it dude like wow man because the thing is at that point when you're when you're thinking about it and you're like asking Allah like I want this I want this I want that you know you you begin to understand if you're if you're really like trying like the way I'm seeing it now is just like at that point who are you really who are you really a slave to are you a slave to Allah or are you a slave to desires uh... right and you're a slave to your desires because at that point you're like you think you know what's good for you but you really don't Oh man, like you and I can have you relate to this. You already know, like so many times, la ilaha illallah, bro. Like, and you know, like we we justify, we justify the things we ask the offer sometimes through the smallest of little things, like the signs that we get, like yo, that happened. Yo, that means okay, yeah, I know it's going on the right path, and we're just like that might be one little sign, and then, yeah, anyway, we're just like we're completely. <laughs> completely just like forgetting the fact there's about 99 signs they're telling us not to do it and just just giving us that one sign like ah yeah go do it like you know yeah. like, that just shows that we're like a slave to our desires you know what yeah. i'm saying and that's just when you start living like that man it's bro it's it just ruins you man it just ruins you like i don't know how else to explain it because i just like alhamdulillah like i've been through that and i've seen that right to the point where like now it's just if it happens man it happens like don't fight it bro like uh-huh. you ain't gotta fight it what's well, written is written obviously do what you gotta do if you're passionate about something if you love something but don't be like discouraged or don't be hurt disappointed sad if something doesn't go the way you want it to because odds are if it did man like Allah Allah bro Allah knows best like uh-huh. it's oh just... and always remember always remember the basic principle that um, the fool uh, wakes up every day and says, what am I going to do today? But the wise person says, what is God going to do with me today? And everything that exists here is in the hands of God, the, the allegorical hands of Allah, who is in control of all of this and in control of your destiny. And so your life is a roller coaster you're going to go on. It's filled with ups. It's filled with downs. But when you're in the state of down, you should remain grateful and just remain patient, knowing that, you know, Allah is going to get me through the situation. We're going to make it yeah. out at the end of the day. As long as you have that taqwa, you're going to make it out of that tunnel. No matter how dark it is, even if you can't see the light. But you will see the light, inshallah, with that taqwa. And then you ask yourself, who is the one that gives light? Mm. Right? It's an-nur. Right? The light. The one who's truly the light. So um, I think that's an excellent point for us to uh, cap off on. Um, and to focus on the, on this topic of being careful for what you wish for, um, the, this this idiom which we, we now find in the Quran, the meaning found in the Quran, and being a bit more cognizant of the things that we make du'a for, and trying to end our du'as by saying, Allah, if this is good for me, if there is benefit for me in this, then accept it. But if there is evil in this, 
if you know that there is evil in this, even though I want it, divert it away from me. And so, um, you, go ahead. Yeah, man, you'll begin to realize, like, at that point, you actually, like, you start losing an attachment to the dunya. Mm -hmm. I felt that, like, as soon as I started making dua that specific way, like, I was like, wow. And one thing I want to say is just, like, question what you, like, like the ratio uh, that you, you hold when you make da for like the akhirah versus the dunya, right? Mm -hmm. When you're, when you're so busy making so much da for the dunya, you're ultimately like in a sense, you're kind of destroying your akhirah. Like be, oh, you got to be cognizant. Like Ahmed's always talking about, be cognizant about what you're making da for. And a big part of that is in your dua, like, are you, are you really asking Allah, like how many of us can say, Ya Allah, increase, like you're saying, like, Ya Allah, increase my khushu. Ya Allah, increase my taqwa. Ya Allah, increase my iman. Ya Allah, keep me steadfast upon this deen. Ya Allah, help me follow in the steps of the Prophet wasallam. Ya Allah, help me read the Quran, learn the Quran, learn learn the seerah. You know what I'm saying? Ya Allah, help me enter into Jannah. Ya Allah, protect me from, like, you know, like, and then we're out here busy asking Allah, like, Ya Allah, please help me get into school. Please help me marry this girl. Please help me get this money. Oh, please help me get this car. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. Mm -hmm. But realistically, we should be making dua for our akhirah, mm -hmm. right? A lot more than we are making dua for this dunya. Because ultimately, at the end, this thing will be like a blink of an eye, like half a day, maybe a day. And that, like, on the day of judgment, we'll realize, like, you know, like, wow. And, and bro, the day of judgment, another name for it is what? It's a day of regret. We all know this. We all know this. So mm -hmm. take advantage of the time you have now and make sure you're asking for the right things, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't wish upon the wrong things. And even if you're in a moment of heat, wow, like, bro, like, just make sure you don't make the wrong dua in that moment because some of us yes. will, will forget that. You'll say, like, Yala, like, I hope this happens. I hope this, like, you're, you're angry, you're mad, you're like, you know, like, if somebody done you wrong, especially, you're like, yo, this, this, and this. Like, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this. Y'all destroy them all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, bro, it's just, what's, what are you going to get out of that, man? Mm -hmm. What are you going to get out of that? Exactly. Just, oh, man. Like, I, there's nothing, there's nothing to attain from that, except, like, it's just, it's, it's pretty pathetic, bro. Like, just focus on yourself. Do your thing. If it's not for khair that you, just don't speak on it too you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. move on yeah no, no. yeah just, just just move on um uh, so i think i think with that we'll conclude uh, i think with all it's a reminder first and most to myself to both of us and to everybody <clears throat> listening to just be more cognizant of what you wish for and uh know that that could be the reason for your downfall so 100 um, um hope you guys are really enjoying these podcasts um if you made it to the end hashtag um bring back Ayad um, and, <laughs> and we'll see who's actually watching at the ending. So Barakallahu Alaikum, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.